Blog Talk Radio. This is Entertainment Life on the Sasha Marina Show, a show about the entertainment and music industry, where you get to hear from the top and up-and-coming stars, from amateurs to professionals. They're all just working hard for success. This show is to give those the opportunity to speak about their talents and what they're doing to succeed in their dreams. And now, here's your host, Sasha Marina. Well, hello, hello there. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm your host, Sasha Marina, and you're tuned in to the Sasha Marina Show. So um, I don't know what happened to the music right there, though. I was, I was trying to play this new song, and um, it didn't want to play for me, so we're just going to go ahead with our interview. Uh, today's interview is with underground rap legend uh, Sunny Spoon. Now, um, I find it fantastic, first because of the name, because I haven't had the pleasure to come across somebody that's name is Sunny, and I absolutely love the name Sunny, and the fact that he's a legend, a rap legend, it just makes it that much better. So um, for those that aren't familiar with Sonny Spoon, I'm going to tell you a little bit, um, and then we're just going to go ahead and speak to him himself. Uh, Georgia rap legend Sonny Spoon is, is an extremely diverse artist with many talents, born and raised in the city of Macon. I hope I am pronouncing that uh, right, Sonny. And, um, you know, he, he he's worked a lot since the age of 14. So he began his career at 14, probably... Uh, before 14, I'm sure he had some sort of, uh, I don't know, some spark into the music and, and he decided to start at that age, how it is with most artists. But since then, uh, he's recorded many albums, some which have included T.I., Sudo Green, Field Miles, A-Fall, MLG, Bundy, NDZ. These are all big names that you, uh, you know, I guess hip-hop uh, lovers and rap lovers are very familiar with. And if you're not a rap or hip-hop lover, if you're a mainstream lover, uh, these are also big names, mainstream names. So I guess uh, without further ado, I'm going to stop grabbing on about Mr. Sunny, and I'm going to have him just tell him ourselves. Uh, so, hi, Sunny. Good evening. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself, uh, I'm good. Thank you uh, for, for your time today. Thank you for having me on. Perfect. So, uh, Mr. Sunny Stone, I, I tried to yeah. do a, a, like uh, an intro that would do you justice, but I don't think I, I did do enough justice. I, I want you to tell us who you are and, and what you've done in this industry. I think you pretty much covered it. And um, <laughs> I bet you've done a wonderful job. I actually have been working on the underground scene for quite a number of years, dealing with some of the most of the big names that are out there. We also have a song that we've done with Kendrick Lamar here recently and um, T-Pain and things of that nature. But we've been out here grinding, going city to city, state to state, tr- until we can get this thing to pop like we want it to pop on the mainstream. Of course, of course. Uh, like I mentioned before, you began at a very young age, uh, you know, and, and thanks to that, I'm, I'm sure that it's, it's made an extensive career. Uh you know, being raised in Georgia, it might seem sort of stereotypical that you that you decided to turn into the rap industry, but uh, that's the way that your life turned. But, you know, I guess, what did rap do for you growing up? What did rap do for me? Mm-hmm. Rap, 
rap gave me an outlet to vent so I wouldn't be doing a whole lot of other things that were possible in my community at the time. See, mm-hmm. what rap music does is give young people an opportunity to express themselves and not go do something that they might have done had they not been able to vent. See, I open my studio up now and let young people come in to express themselves. It's not always, you know, going to be a hit record come out of it, but it gives them an opportunity to get behind a microphone, say what they want to say, and now they're done with it. That's what it did for me. gave me an outlet to communicate what I was going through, and people just happened to like it where I was from. Definitely. And uh, I guess since then, what what has been, you know, there's just so much that I want to point out because um, I have kind of lose the interest as the years go because they they see that it's just so much work to go into something and for you to hit that one big break, you know, it's it's somewhat difficult but not impossible. So, you know, as as you you grew up, um, your teenage years, you know, after high school, whatever, what were those hurdles that that you had to i guess surpass and 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 really get people to listen to to your lyrics listen to what you were saying in in, in your rap the hurdles that i came into i went to i flew to new york and went to new jersey as well i went to Illtown records i went to queen latifah's label back in the day and several other places trying to get a deal at a at a young age and back then this is before outcast and all of that and people were not trying to hear hip-hop from the South at that particular time. So mm-hmm. it really was a hurdle to me because I felt that my music would be well-received up North because I wasn't talking about the things, you know, it was the booty shake era and all of that stuff going on in the South at the time. And to go up there and, and they feel like, okay, well, they're not ready for a Southern hip-hop act and things of that nature and being outcast come out and everybody loved it. But in my community, I was already a star. Mm-hmm. So from doing talent shows and actually bringing artists myself and doing different type things, I never wanted to fit into the mold of what was going on around me. I've always been a lyricist. So I don't just talk about, you know, do one or two words and <laughs> the, the track plays and make a few noises like I'm hearing in the game today. I'm actually a lyricist. That's why I listen to Jay-Z, Nas, and Tupac and, Biggie and people who were talking about something that had content, which is why I like the direction that Kendrick and Drake are going. But mm-hmm. those are the hurdles I had to deal with being a lyricist in the South during those times. Okay. And, uh, you know, eventually you, I, I guess you, you met with the right people, you know. Um, during during the, that transition, I guess, after you made yourself, um, there was kind of a hold to your career due to, you know, due to a, a certain issue. I don't know if, if you mind uh, addressing that. And, and you know, during that period in time where you, where you were off, I guess, as you say, from your career, it, what, what did that moment of time do for you? When you came out, what, you know, what was your mindset? Okay, let me preface it with this. First of all, I, I, there are no secrets. This is public information. I was a hustler. Mm-hmm. And I've mm-hmm. always done things independently. I never waited for a deal to come to me. I never waited for the big check to come to do this. I went and created my own check. And the individuals that are around me, we had a vision, and we knew how we wanted to get to our vision. So we bought our own studio equipment. I started to bring artists and into making like T.I. I was the first one to bring him here. I brought Keith Sweat, Gerald Levert, all these type people. I would bring shows 
get with different artists, bring them to the studio, do a song with them, get the feature, and things of that nature. And we put our own music out. And we also had a plug with Al Bell, who actually had Stax Records back in the day. And he also was the president of Motown before they had to sell it. He's responsible for the hit Whoop That Is. He's also responsible for Prince, the most beautiful girl. He worked that project. So he was along guiding us because we didn't know as much as we needed to know about the business at the time. And Mr. Bill helped us out with the song. Um, I don't know whether your viewers, your listeners know about the Dirty Bird, but when the Falcons were going on their Super Bowl run in 98, we actually did, I actually did the Dirty Bird song for them. And even though it was outside of the box for me because I didn't do dance music, it was one of the biggest songs that we've ever done. And Al mm-hmm. Bill worked that project. And from there, we got, I went from being a local artist to now a nationally known artist for the Dirty Bird. And after that, I had a regional hit, South Anthem. And we just go city to city, state to state. Back then, they had record pool parties. We were at every event in every city and made sure that we were able to get there and be seen and be heard because we felt that our product was strong enough to go. So during that time, I also ran into some a little sticky situation I called a charge, dealing with drugs and guns. I was given six years in prison for possession of a firearm, the commission of a felony, and possession of some narcotics. And while I was in the system, the only time I wrote songs, I worked out, meditated, but I never allowed that to stop me from aspiring to be an artist. Because once it's in your time, age, none of that has anything to do with creativity. So you wanted to know what I was thinking about. What I was thinking about during those times was getting back out here and continuing my mission because I had not reached the level that I desired to reach yet. Definitely. So um, obviously you didn't let that bring you down, and, 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 and I mean you're you're out, and, and you definitely continue doing your thing. Um, and I and I truly admire that because um, and. I mean, in your case, it was that, and you were so strong enough to keep pushing. Some some people, it weakens them, and they're like, oh, man, I can't get a job, I can't do this, I can't do that, and they go back to the same old thing, you know? So um, yeah. I, I, I kind of appreciate people like you or your, yourself to, to definitely keep hustling towards your dreams. Uh, you, you continue working with big people. You just mentioned Kendrick Lamar. I want to point out something real quick. You will be, uh, you're part of a tour with uh, DMX and you'll be performing this August 29th, correct? Correct, in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Um, what, where else is this tour taking place? We also will be in Glendora, Mississippi um, on the 30th with Cash Out. We've, we've been in South Carolina. We've been also in um, North Carolina, and we're just working the areas where this record has been playing on radio. We're going in chasing this single that we have, which is called Living the Life, featuring my GFB family. Okay. And, and let's talk a little bit about GFB. Um, I, I want to get to know about it because I, I was kind of, before interviewing you, trying to research more what, what it meant. Um, what is GFB? What does it mean to you? GFB is an organization that I started, and well, it's been in my heart all my life, and these are principles and values that I live by. I started the organization in 1997, when we open our studio, and I basically teach these young brothers that are around me about the principles and the laws of the universe and to let them know that anything that they desire they can achieve 
as long as they keep these three things as the forefront of their life, God, family, and brotherhood. This is the basis of any foundation, and once they apply these principles, then they will have a long and prosperous life. Yes, uh, I totally agree with that. I mean, would you mind, um, I guess, saying some more words, I guess, elaborating more in that sort of term? Okay, in GFB, these brothers, we not only do music, we also do community community events and charities. I go inside schools and speak to children. I, You know, I hosted, once I got out in 2009, I hosted a Stop the Violence Tour, Stop the Violence Tour in 2010, which actually helped to bring the violence in Macon, which is one of the highest crime cities per capita in the United States. We brought the, due to the Stop the Violence Tour, we brought the crime rate down by 20% because of the Stop the Violence Tour. Now we're actually working and networking with a quite a group, different diverse groups from around the nation to do one nationally. So these are the things that TFB is doing. We also do give bags at the, during the school year, book bags, and we did a family fun day, and we network with several different 501c3s and government agencies that are in the city locally. So it's not just about music. We have a movement going to bring consciousness and community awareness to the things that are taking place around us. Okay, definitely. You know, I, I, I'd like to, to point out a, a touchy subject, you know, um, it seems to me that that violence, it's, people see it as a, it's it's a, it's a one way. You know, it's it's the civilians um, that that bring a lot of violence. And in these past couple of years, and then the past it's as well, but in these past years, it's it's been a a little too drastic um, with I guess with authority towards civilians. And you know, we're we're going through a problem now in the, in the Midwest, which, which has to do with that. And and people yeah, are Michael are Brown. standing up. Exactly. People are standing up and they're fighting back. And but what you know, what what do you think that when it's not the 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 civilians, uh, I guess, fault or whatever? What can people do to to avoid these kind of issues? Or you know, what what are your thoughts about this? Because you know, when it's authority kind of hammering down on you, and you're like literally an innocent person, like that, who can help you? There's no one that you can reach out to. You're you're you know, you're overpowered. Okay, here's the thing that's going on. In order to prevent what's going on with police brutality, we first have to unify. Cops are doing what they've been getting away with. People only do what they feel like they can get away with. And once you show them they cannot get away with it anymore, then they stop doing that. We have, we're too reactionary. Instead of being ahead of the curve, getting together, unifying, and, this, and taking care of our own communities, letting them know that, hey, before you even come into this community and do anything, you need to talk to this organization because you're not just going to step foot and act like you're going to lock someone up and things of that nature without talking to the community organization that's already set there. People give police officers too much authority. They're there to serve and protect even though they violate that. But you have constitutional rights that you can stand there in unison and they cannot do anything to you. You can prevent them from coming in your neighborhood and doing these things, but you have to be educated and you know, with that knowledge in order to be able to stop them. We have to unify first before we can prevent what they're doing. They do it because they know that we're not unified and all we're going to do is tap some stuff and march and things of that nature. But once they know we're serious about 
how we feel about our community and how we feel about our brothers and sisters, then they'll stop. You know, uh, I I really do hope so. I I guess I, I've been somewhat blessed that I've I've never been truly around that yet. I I would never want to be around that sort of situation. But it's you know it's impacting communities a lot, and and this that that has that has happened and that's going on at the moment. Um, I guess that the, the national news, just being on the news, it's not enough, you know. It's like you said, people really do have to come together and find a way to fight back, not brutally or, you know, or, or, or throwing fire at them, but, but definitely fighting back in some other way. No, you don't incite violence with violence, but this is what mm-hmm. I would like to say. Some of these young officers still carry their forefathers' way of doing things. They still wish that there was slavery. They still don't like black people or respect us, so they treat us that way. A black life has no value to them. It means nothing for them to shoot a young man down who doesn't look like them because they still Mm -hmm. operate on the old paradigm of you're like three-fifths of a man. So Mm -hmm. you have to realize, even though the movement of the 60s brought about our quote-unquote freedom, we marched for it, and then they emancipated us. People did different things, and I, I'm not to say I'm not saying anything to try to shun what they did or, uh, or make light of it because it was an excellent movement. However, everybody else who has received their freedom fought for it. So there's a reason why, and I'm talking about went to battle, fought with guns, not whatever. They don't respect mm-hmm. us because we've marched, we've talked, we've rallied, and we've thrown a few cocktail bombs but they don't really respect the fact that we're willing to fight and even die for what we believe in, for our freedom, for our community, for our children and our women. Definitely. And and, and go, going back um, to your music and, and your expertise in, in, in lyrics, um, a lot of the rappers that you mentioned, they, you know, they pointed this out in their music and, and, and they rapped about this and they were known for talking about these, you know, about this topic and, and so forth, and um, and people still bump to that, and people still believe in that, and, and look, years later, we're still facing the same problem. Now, I mean, as a society, as a civilization, I don't know when, when it'll end, but um, hopefully, eventually, we, we can overcome. Okay, but look and, at the evolution. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, yeah, finish my I was thought. just going <laughs> to add that, I, I was going to let you finish your thought, that's why I stopped, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I finished my thought. That's what I said. Okay. But what I was going to say is once you look at the evolution of how things have changed with music. See, when you had in, first it started with the hip hop. Then you had the gangster realm. And see, when NWA and all of them were going on, and then you had Chuck D, and you had all these positive brothers that were out there doing things, whether they were on the gangster side or at the forefront of the positive movement, they were still, they had so much fire in them. We didn't have a lot of that foolishness going on. At that time. So what they did was they started to dumb it down and make it more gangster, more street. And now what you're hearing from these lyricists now is all about party and nonsense. You're not hearing rappers now in the mainstream with content. And there's a reason for that. See, these kids hear all this foolishness all day, and that's all they're going to gravitate towards. But when you have people like Tupac who was speaking not only did he do party stuff, but he also had a message in his music for those who had ears to hear. And once they realized that the music was 
turning people's minds around and getting them to think differently, then here they come with some more of this foolishness that I hear on the radio all day. So that's the reason <laughs> for that. It, 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 it is a lot of foolishness. Um, it, you, you know, but I, I sometimes, my, my boyfriend is one that listens to a lot of, like, underground, right? And sometimes I'm like, you know, uh, you really have to listen because some people think it's, oh, it's obnoxious music because it's a beat and, and, you know, it's just obnoxious, but it's not. Uh, you you kind of have to really, like, ease into the music and, and really listen to, to what the person on the other side is trying to say and, yeah. and I guess, put yourself in their shoes. Um, what, uh, Sunny, that being said, what, do you have any new, any new music coming out? Um, if so, where can people go in and listen to it and, and so forth? We're on iTunes. You can just put go to iTunes, type in Sunny Spoon. You'll pull up all the new music that's available. Um, Living the Life is the single. We have a couple other singles that's going to follow that up. We have videos. We've got four and a half million views on World Star and, um, for that video. We're also on YouTube. You can go to Twitter, at Sunny Spoon 3000 on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find my music there. Go buy those projects. And the GFB project is on the way. That project is going to change the game. It's hip-hop yet conscious music. We have to awaken the minds of our people. It's some fun to listen to, but you're not going to go lacking once you listen to this project. That's why I like you don't, you're not going to hear a killer mic on the mainstream, David Banner, some of the stuff that Scarface has done, Andre 3000. He's out there on other folks' songs, but the things that he likes in his heart, they don't, they don't really just put it out there like that because of what they're talking about. They don't want it on the mainstream. There's a reason for it. So that's why we have to, we have to really support these underground brothers. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I, there must be a reason for it because it's like, it's like your music is totally monopolized. You know, like it's, it's, it's an era for this, and then every artist changes to the same kind of music for, for for this year, and then the next year they're all doing the same other kind of music. And then if somebody comes in trying to do something new, they might get their five minutes the same, but then you don't hear from them again, you know? And, exactly. and you think that, you know, and you think, oh, maybe they just stopped doing music. No, they're just underground, you know? They, um, they didn't stop doing music. They got blackballed by the industry. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So um, there you heard it, guys. Make sure to keep up with Sonny. Um, I, I, I kind of searched him up a little bit, and he's mostly active on Twitter. So as long as you follow him on Twitter, you'll probably be updated. And that is Sonny Spoon 3000. Like he said, check out his music on iTunes or just Google Google him. Um, and, yeah, uh, on YouTube, too. I know you got a, a couple of videos on YouTube. Uh, is, is there anything else you'd like to mention? We already mentioned that tour that you got going on now with the DMX. Uh, concert. You mentioned the 29th in Louisville and the 30th. Is, is there anything else you'd like to mention, Sonny? Yes, I would. Look forward to the GFB movement coming to your city, whether we're in your schools, we're in your neighborhoods. When you see those black vans pull up, know that these <laughs> are your brothers and sisters getting out of them. Well, you know, it's, it's 2014. I'm not afraid of my own people. We're pulling up in every neighborhood, and we're coming in love. We're coming in love, and we're coming with some information that can change your life. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, let me know when you're done in Miami. Uh, I look forward to to knowing more about your movement. Will do. And make sure that you listen to my lyrics, not just the beats. You got some fire? 
tracks that we have, but listen to the lyrics. <laughs> I, I will do so. I will do so. <laughs> uh, Sonny, once again, thank you so much for your time. I, I appreciate your, your words of wisdom out here. And, um, you know, and I, I don't know. I, I, I what, My boyfriend has a uh, name for this. Coom, he, he calls them, you know, like older, wiser men. <laughs> and I, I believe you uh you fit that profile right now. You, you've been through well, it, and, and cool you, yeah, <laughs> and you keep pushing. GFB is the movement, God, family, and brotherhood. Live by those principles, and you'll be okay. Thank you, and, and you take care. Have a good weekend, okay? You do the same. Thank you for the opportunity. No problem. There you have it. That was Sunny Spoon. How cool was that? That was very awesome. Uh, very cool guy to talk to, a very wise man. Uh for those people that surround him, listen to him. For those that don't are not surrounded by him, uh, I'm sure just hit him up on Twitter. He seems like a friendly working dude. Um, to his lyrics, like you said, uh, listen to his music, download his music, buy his music, check him out on Twitter, Sunny Spoon 3000. And that's about it. Uh, keep in touch with him. See his movement, GSC, coming to a city near you, like you mentioned. And, well, that's it with Sunny. I guess I, I look forward to, to hearing more about GSC and what he got going on. Also, about the Sasha Marina Show, keep up with us through our website, com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sasha Marina. Uh, like our page on Facebook, the Sasha Marina Show. Uh, we got a lot of things coming up. I'm doing a lot of collaborations, uh, helping people spread their word and their messages and, and so forth. So um, if you're interested, if you think that I can help you in some way, uh, if you run an, an organization, some sort of movement, reach out to me and, and see what I can do for you. Uh, I mean, it's as easy as me just sharing your posts, um, you know. And, I mean, social media runs the world right now. So whatever I can help you with, let me know. And there you have it. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'm pretty much available everywhere, just my uh, everybody take care and y'all have a good weekend and tune in next week with our other interviews bye bye